There's simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Nate Dickinson and the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten Podcast in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, on today's show, we got our guy Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports in to talk about last Saturday's game, this Saturday's game, and, and of course, well, duh, press box food. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. September 14th is the date. That's right. Tuesday is the day. Locked On Spartans is the podcast. I am your host, Matt Sheehan, and thank you for listening uh, to this five-day-a-week podcast. That's right. Here on the Lockdown Network, we do this five days a week, Monday through Friday. And like I said right at the top, we got Stephen Brooks back in to talk about what happened in last game, what's going to go on in this game. And yeah, we just bebop around, talk about everything. We even talk about, will Mel Tucker take the USC job? No. 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 He, he, he won't. I'll spoil that for you. But we talk about it anyway. Um... Really quick, uh, just some fun little news here. Uh, the AP poll once again dropped. Uh, Michigan State is fourth from the outside of the top 25, baby. That's right. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, so I guess, yeah, you could say we're ranked top 30. If that's one way you want to spin that, why not? I'm here for it. And one time, got to shout out uh, Dave Reardon. That's right. You probably don't know that name because he is the sports guy at the Star Advertiser over in Honolulu. But he, that's right, he is an AP voter, and he's the guy that ranked MSU the highest, checking the Spartans in at number 16 in the nation. So, Dave, you see the vision, baby. Thank you for your service. That's right. Get get us ranked, baby. That's right. That's right. Slaying the Wildcats, slaying the Penguins. Could could be wiping out the Hurricanes here this weekend. Who's to say? Uh, but, yeah. We'll find out, I suppose. Uh, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, guys. Just had to throw that in there before we get to our guy, Stephen Brooks. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that takes care of everything. All right. Slowly but surely, I'm going to get better at these intros, but hey. <laughs> Today is not that day. All right. Let's get to Stephen. Yes, that's right. He is back, folks. I am talking about 24-7 sports reporter. The man, the myth, the legend, Stephen Brooks, he was at the game Saturday, went back home Sunday, painted the entire day, the entire rest of the weekend. So now here he is, strung out, high as a kite, on paint fumes. Stephen Brooks. Stephen, how on earth are you doing on this beautiful, beautiful Monday evening? That's great. No, I, I appreciate the intro. Um, we'll, we'll definitely blame it on the paint fumes. Let's go with that. And then, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I got my hands dirtier than Michigan State had to, so you had to be happy with hey. about that, I would say. Hey, how about that? Dude, the, last, the last thing I wanted to see was anything even somewhat stressful uh, on, on Saturday because, right. I, I mean, I could build myself up to get riled up over a, a game against Dearborn High School, for all I know. But that's, that's life just being an anxious son of a bitch that grew up in the John L. Smith era. So that's there I am right there. <laughs> That's deep-seated so, uh, scarring right there, folks. It, it's irreversible. Back. <laughs> it's irreversible. Yeah, I think anyone that was alive for that era can appreciate that. Um, let's let's get this out of the way right now. It's it's number one story over the weekend. People won't stop talking about it. Are, are they really not doing meal tickets at, in Press Row at Spartan Stadium this year? What what on earth is going on here, Stephen? <laughs> I, I guess not. I didn't realize people were talking about it. So, yeah, happy to fill in oh, the, the masses. Oh, um, Sure, sure. Yeah, no. So typically the deal is uh, 
whatever you guys get in the concession area, you know, in the concourse is basically just a small concession stand upstairs in the press box. And wow. typically, uh, typically you get two tickets per game and that they used to just get you a dog or a brat. Uh, I think in 2019, they added a pretzel onto that. So you had three options. Uh, nice. None of the, <laughs> no, I, I trust me, like I say it up front. I mean, I hate to complain about anything that's free, but I just typically don't use them because the food is awful. Um, so now it's either pay for awful food or don't eat. And so, uh, I just, sure. uh, I'm happy to go those four or five hours and save that four or five bucks on a hot dog that, uh, is going to make me want to vomit right away. So, yeah, that's understandable. A nice little football fast <laughs> on your Saturday. That's yeah. We could come up with a trendy sure. name for that. Uh, no, times are tight, but I mean, geez, like the, the hot sure. dog's got to cost them like 90 cents in overhead or something, you know, but hey, <laughs> every, every, uh, every, every penny counts in these times. So yeah, none of these colleges, especially Michigan state have any money. They got to recoup the the losses that they had during COVID some way or somehow. And Hey, sometimes you got to bilk the, uh, the press here. So really quick before we actually get to talk about the game, um, what is your favorite thing to complain about when it comes to being a media member? Because there's obviously food at press row is the popular one. There's like airline complaints, or also this kind of leads into a topical thing that Michigan state's game against Nebraska just got announced for 7 PM. So is it like complain about late night games or like what's, what's one thing that you just, that gets your goat as a reporter mm. that maybe you can't really uh, sound off on because you know, the <laughs> stigma is, is a little too, too rough there. To be honest, it's probably the behavior of other reporters more than anything. And so oh, I won't, wow. okay. I won't go too uh, far on it. I mean, like, I, sure. I look, I, I dislike night games like everybody else. I mean, like a night game for me means I'm up until like 3 a.m. Right. minimum. Like that's an early night game night for me. So, I mean, it sucks, but it's part of the job. And I know people love it because it's, it's awesome for the fan experience. So, of course, like do your thing. So I don't try to rain on the parade there. Um, I'm not an airline Twitter complaint uh, guy. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, nobody really bugs me for kickoff times. So, I mean, they're either out there or they're not. Ooh, true, um, true, true. So, yeah, it's probably just stuff other reporters do. And uh, I really won't go much further than that. But, uh, yeah, that, that's probably where I get more annoyed than than anything to do with the fans or, or just, like, something isolated about my job, I guess. No, no Although doubt. Well, okay, well, my job harder is what I would say. We'll, we'll, we'll pry those names out of you at a later date. We'll do like a Friday night recording after we, we get some libations going, get a uh, nice and lubed up here. And yeah, you know, we'll, we'll start spilling the tea here. Um, I guess, I guess I should finally be a good host once again and t- talk about the game. I suppose. I don't know. That seems to be a topic we could talk about if, if you're down with, with that, Steven. I mean, there's also ice cream sandwiches. I know those are a big topic now. So <sighs> whatever, true, whatever direction you want to take this, man. <laughs> That's true. I saw more pictures on my Twitter feed of the Melting Moments ice cream sandwiches than I saw of like the actual stadium or the game or anyone's seats <laughs> or anything over the weekend. So I, you might be onto something there. But uh, yesterday's episode, I, I pretty much talked up and down about the offense for the first two segments then, Bebop around the Big Ten. So let, let's focus on the defense to kick this thing off. And Namely, let's get it started off on a good note by talking about uh, Jeff Petrowski. I, I thought he played as solid as you can ask the guy to play, and that's especially with injuries to Tank Tank Brown, Drew Jordan, and then Drew Beasley, of course. Um, was it worth taking anything out of that game, though, for, from your vantage point, or anyone else in the defense really impress you, even though it just was against Youngstown State? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think so a little bit. You like to see that depth, of course. You like to see when the depth shows up, you know I mean? If you have to yeah. lean on your depth, normally you're just like, ooh, let's just get through this and, and, and get our guy back, you know? But if the depth's showing out, then man, you know, that's really something. 
again, you know, everything can be couched. Everything I'm about to say over this next 20, 30 minutes could be couched with, yeah, but it's Youngstown State. So, right. you know, please, folks, just understand I'm sort of implying that a lot of times. I don't have to keep saying it. I don't want to. Um, but, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, Petrowski, too, is like a specifically an interesting guy because, I mean, he's the type of guy that would probably end up at Youngstown State a lot of years right. and would, would yeah. flourish and would be this, you know, three-time FCS All-American or something just because he didn't have those measurables um, and whatnot. So so good for him. Um, you'd obviously like to see that because that is a position where I just think as much as they have a lot of experience and they have some talent, they don't have a ton of like uh, – the word I always come back to is scary. You know, they don't have that scary edge guy that, that makes you send the back over or a tight end or that just changes things for an offense. Like, oh, if that guy gets loose on us, he's going to – He's going to cause some havoc. You know, they don't really have that guy. I think Tank Brown can be in time. But um, and so, again, Jeff uh, Petrowski showed a little bit of that or at least was effective and disruptive in that sort of way. Um, in terms of overall defensive standouts, I got to go back to Xavier Henderson. I think I talked about him a lot. Oh, right on. Yeah. I thought he had a great game again, though. Um, continues, you know, the one-handed interception, of course. Like Unreal. Great. Yeah. <laughs> He even brought up Curtis Drummond, and he uh, he was asked about Charles Woods, and he brought up Curtis Drummond. So the kid knows his history. You love to see that. Um, he's just been very solid. I mean, a lot of the times, especially against a team like Youngstown State, he's effectively serving as that third linebacker. I know so many people make a huge deal out of four-two-five and Big Ten running games and this and that. I mean, he's that's basically what Xavier is doing out there. Most more snaps than not. And he's been a sure tackler in that role. And if you're going to ask a guy to do that, that's what you need out of him. So, I mean, I think he's had as good of a senior start or a good of a start to a season as anybody. It seems like he's sort of making that traditional D'Antonio senior yeah. year leap that we used to get accustomed to with, with these guys. Um, so he was absolutely a standout. I thought the, the linebackers were all pretty solid. You know, in general, you obviously want to see fewer rushing yards than you gave up, but that's also what Youngstown State does. I mean, they threw for 81 yards. Like, they, they had to keep snapping the ball and trying something, you know. So, know. they are going to do what they do. They weren't just going to um, turn into Texas Tech all of a sudden and throw it 60 times. Like, that's not what they do. So, you could have been better. Um, you know, the, you could have could have definitely taken a lower rushing total out of, out of the Penguins and felt better about that. But uh, just like last week, I don't think there's anything alarming on that side yet for me. We'll be back with Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports in a hot second, but first I need to, need to talk to you fine, fine folks about Prize Picks. That is right. It's a new one, unless you listened yesterday. Prize Picks. You are going to love this one. It is for college football fanatics. It is daily fantasy made easy, and it is, like I said, just for you. They offer every sport that you can think of, NFL, NBA, MLB, soccer, MMA, but especially they especially shine with college football, college basketball. They offer more college football props than anyone, anyone in the world. And they offer star players of the Power Five all the way down to the mid-major players that a lot of people might not have heard of. So that's right. You could bet on Kenneth Walker. You could also get some action on Rocky Lombardi this weekend, too, as he makes his valiant return to the big house. That's right. Hmm. wonder what happened last time that happened. Uh, guys, like I said, Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And all users that sign up using promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match for up to $100. It's very simple. Pick two to five players. You you make the call. Two to five players. Pick the over-unders, their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you against the numbers. You're not going up against anyone else's lineup. You're just going up against over-unders. 
How easy is that? Come on. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries, so you could take, for example, once basketball season rolls around, I'll take over on LeBron James points, and then under on Max Scherzer strikeouts. And mix it up. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. And best of all, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Bada bing, bada boop, boop, boop. That, that easy. Simple. Price Picks makes it simple. Price Picks makes it fun. Price Picks makes it just for you especially with their safe and fast withdrawals. So do not hesitate. Go to pricepicks.com or go to the App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Also, guys, we've got Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. They also make it simple. Unlike all these other guys with their endless questioning of car parts and this and that. Oh, does your Toyota Corolla need a pen piddler? I, I don't, I have no idea, dude. I, I'm not a car person. But luckily, the fine folks at family-owned Rock Auto are. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You would do it if you were a big clown. Here. No, but you're not a clown because you use Rock Auto. Like I said, family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer. That's right. Talking about you too, baby. They have everything you need from brakes, parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet and gas pedals. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all their parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box, so they know that we sent you? Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And this is our conversation with Stephen Brooks. Yeah, and, and last week also, I guess the, the only thing that you might even use the word alarming for was uh, Ronald Williams' performance. And, and that's alarming with all lowercase letters. Like, it wasn't even the end of the world. But, hey, I'm a podcast host. I got a nitpick about something, right? <laughs> so... Should we straight here though? Like, was this game even worth like judging cornerbacks on? Like, Ronald Williams, we didn't hear his name called a lot. That's usually a good reason. Uh, Kimbra got some run here. I, but then again, like, the, the Penguins passing offense is even probably below standard for the SES level, let alone coming up to play a Big Ten team. Like, so is there even anything t- to take out of the secondary? Minus Henderson, obviously, like uh- we talked about, but. Yeah, I wouldn't say much, you know, like tackling, yeah. like you just want to see clean tackling. And sure. like, I thought they pretty much did when they got it to the edge and those guys were good in run support. But yeah, that's what Youngstown State does. They're a run first team. And at their level, I mean, they, they can do that. Um, again, they're not going to deviate too much, especially once the game gets out of hand, like uh, you kind of got to be who you are. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think we saw some some decent solid tackling. And that's really what you could hope for, I guess. I mean, they only completed 10 passes. And uh, not all of those went against the corners, you know. So I, I agree. I mean, I would say less alarming on Ronald Williams and more just curious, you know, like my eyebrows raised. Like, hmm, you know, is that something? Yeah. Is that not? And we didn't see a ton of them in action, you know, like you said, against the Penguins. Um, next week, though, I think it's all on the table, you know, against Miami with Derek King and just sort of their general team speed that you would expect a South Florida team to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll get a much better feel, hopefully, of, of how these guys are play to play in downfield coverage and things like that. Yeah. And also I think one of the main concerns about next week too, is, and we'll make this defensive segment full circle here. Just talk about the injuries uh, that we brought up at the top tank Brown 
Drew Jordan, Drew Beasley, amongst other players, Maverick Hansen also left the game with an injury as well. I, I, of course, Mel Tucker isn't going to talk about this and availability about how long these guys are out, but do you have any indication how long they could be out? And if you don't, I'm sorry to put you on the spot of you know, forcing the information out of you, but no, any no, idea what yeah. those guys? Yeah. No, sorry to disappoint. I don't have anything, but it's a long list. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to, uh, <laughs> to figure it out and see what I can get out there for folks. So I know there's a lot of questions. I mean, Elijah Collins, uh, Anthony Russo, right. there's questions about him. Um, Jarrett Horace left and then came back in and, and got dinged up, I think, at some point. Or uh, Nick Samak, I believe, I think, left at one point. Um, there were so many guys. I might I might even be uh, misremembering who, but there was a lot of injury concerns. And that's really the one thing. You know, people ask me, what, what can you really – before the game, what can you take out of it and what will be satisfactory and this and that? And I was like, just kick the tar out of them, which they did. But, you know, you obviously hope to come out of that thing clean too. Um, on the injury report, and I don't know if that really happened yet. So that's really, really the only thing I think you can actually knock about Michigan State's performance. Other than that, I mean, it's 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 thumbs up pretty much across the board from my end. And really quick, too, th- this is kind of a, an offensive question. I, we won't harp on them for too long. Talked a lot about them yesterday, but I just want your take on the great debate of punt returner. Um, yeah, people are, are understandably reluctant to throw a great player like Jaden Reed back there because, well, you saw what happened at Michigan with Ronnie Bell. Happens time to time. Injuries happen at, at punt returner. What's your take on it? Like, do you think Jaden Reed should be the guy back there, or do you think that they should opt for like a, a second-string guy or someone that doesn't get as much spin? Yeah, traditionally for me, you know, I personally haven't liked your star player being back there. Just be, when I put myself in the coach's shoes, I love watching it from the fan standpoint. I mean, when Reggie Bush was back there, or I mean, even going back like Charles Woodson and just stars throughout history, Tim Brown, all these these yeah. keynote star guys that have done that. I, I love that as a fan. But when I try to put myself in that coach's shoes, um, I just picture, you know, I can, I can feel my gut sort of turning a little bit. And it's like, ooh, do we really need that? Right. You know, right. Um, but for this team, I can kind of get it. And for a program that hasn't had a punt return since Keyshawn Martin. A decade. It, it, yeah. it, feels like that's, it feels like that legacy is just bound to continue. Like, that will always be Keyshawn's legacy. It's just the last Michigan State player to ever return a punt uh, at infinity or whatever, however, whatever the saying goes. It, it'll never happen right, again. Right. Like, I feel like that's destined to happen somehow. <laughs> Um, but for this team that needs a spark there and can always use some points and could always use some field position, you know, as of late, uh, I get it. And, you know, from Al Tucker, I mean, if he's going to come in and, and install this culture of the best players play, compete your butt off every second of every rep of every practice of every day, then, I mean, that kind of fits along with everything he's doing, right? It's like, here's our best playmaker and he's out there busting his tail, you know, spinning around like a top, uh, on special teams. So why can't you, uh, redshirt freshman linebacker who's never you know like Mm -hmm. it just fits with the entire ethos and culture that he's trying to cultivate it's like best players on the field best players got to perform and why would I hold anything back I mean that's that's I hate to say it but that's that's a relentless approach no hey yeah hey right look at you company man love that (laughs) Mel Tucker just really leaving a mark on you during these press conferences man (laughs) so just to look ahead here to Saturday as well um over the preseason, MSU was underdogs big time. 14 and a half points, a lot of sports book. Now it's six and a half. Miami got absolutely blasted by Alabama. They played a close game against Appalachian State. Two very physical games to kick off their season. Whereas Michigan State, an easier street to this game, but still underdogs. So like right now, my confidence has gone out of scale one to 10, 10 being the most confident from like maybe a two, two and a half in the offseason to like 
Steven, I'm at like a five right now for this Saturday. Am I irrational? Am I not confident enough? Or like, where would you sit as far as confidence go for the Spartans this upcoming Saturday? I think you're right on, dude. I would probably say five, like right in the middle-ish too. I mean, I think... I don't think at any point in August um, or earlier I would have said anything close to that. But no. I think now you got to come in and at least think it's a coin flip. At least, you know, maybe Michigan State is, is just sort of sleeping giant that we don't really realize because of the first two games or something. Or maybe Miami just hasn't caught that break yet, hasn't found their stride. I mean, we'll see. But, yeah, I don't I don't think – I thought this was going to be uh, – uh, I didn't think it was going to be close, you know, just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now I think if Michigan State has, like I said, a coin flips chance in it. Um, I was listening to Manny Diaz's press conference today, and he actually kind of admitted, which surprised me. He's like, yeah, that Alabama game kind of broke us a little bit. Uh, okay, guys, okay. You guys are a okay. little shook after that. <laughs> I was like, okay. I think he's been asked about, like, uh, the oh, resilience wow. of coming back and, and fighting hard against App State. And, and, you know, I think they had to come back late or something, or scored late to take the lead-ish. Something yeah. along the lines. And he was asked about that, and he was like, yeah, you know, that, that Alabama game, I, I'll be honest, guys were kind of – I think we were kind of shaking as a program a little bit. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's tough. That's tough to hear. So, and that, oh, so you, no. you hear that, you assume that's – if that's real, they had to claw it out against App State. I just don't picture this being a very confident Miami team right now. And if Michigan State can keep things rolling and be just clean and competent in that first half and maybe find themselves up uh, a score, you know, set three points, mm-hmm. seven points, six points at halftime or something, then – then it's all right in front of you, man. So, yeah, I just – I'm no longer uh, nearly as concerned for Michigan State kind of heading into this one as I once was. And I actually think it'll be much more of uh, of a true indicator that, you know, we talked about the Northwestern game sort of being that measuring stick. And yeah. during – and even afterward, you know, you were kind of like, I don't know what these guys really are. And I think this actually will be. I mean, look, Miami's has not had a great start. We, we've alluded to that. But they've still got right. some talent on the roster. And I just think – pound for pound this will be the best test yet and i think this will give us a better indication of how real this all is and whether it's it's you know whether michigan state's been beaten up on some bad teams or if there's really something to this and so again i think you just want to see that clean composed start and and then just see where the game takes you we'll be back in a hot second but first need to talk to you beautiful people about betonline.ag we are back and better than ever all teams are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field to start another season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this fall. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device today. Sign up. Receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up and well you gotta use the promo code too and that is nfl 100 that's all one word just nfl 100 no spaces or anything and that will give you double your deposit from from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports that's right guys that's betonline.ag you're online sportsbook experts and obviously, like, we know why there should be optimism for Michigan State, right? Like, Naylor and Reed, like, their, their speed can probably keep up with ACC, if not maybe even beat their corners a little bit. Who knows? Kenneth Walker, awesome. Uh, the front four of Michigan State, fine. Uh, on the contrary, what, what should scare Michigan State about this game, though, if there's, like, one or two things? Like, is there still any big question marks 
um, that that you see with this team? I think it would, it would be uh, uh, the, their athletic speed on the perimeter, you know, and tackling well. Again, like Northwestern has has never been uh, mistaken for a, for a fast program. Yeah. <laughs> And again, the Youngstown State is an FCS team, with all due respect. Um, sure. So just, I think the, the the tackling on the perimeter, the pursuit on the perimeter, the coverage down the field against some of these athletes that have some real speed. Again, this this will probably be the best test these corners have faced yet. These these safeties. So that aspect, again, I don't know if it's a concern yet necessarily, but it's something I'm curious about because I think it will be the best test yet for those guys, and and it could be a could be a big challenge. Could not be. Um, and then the other side would be. The, the O-line holding up uh, pass blocking and run blocking, blocking, quite honestly. I think they've had a very good first two weeks. But, again, I don't think they've faced um, a front maybe like Miami's. Uh, Northwestern had lost a lot of talent and, and experience yeah. up there and everything. They're usually pretty good in the trenches. But four quarters, you know, I would think they're probably going to try to harass Peyton Thorne. They're going to have that home field advantage, and, and that's always kind of a toss-up, honestly, at Hard Rock. They usually kind of right. need a – a big fish in there. I don't know if Michigan state with all due respect to them really draws out the, the true Miami crazies. We'll see what that environment's <laughs> like, but, um, but yeah, anyway, so it'd be perimeter defensive coverage and tackling. And then just can the O-line hold up against maybe a higher caliber for four quarters when again, I would, I would assume that they're probably going to try to get in Peyton Thorne's face in some aggressive and creative ways. No, right on. And before I get you out the door here, and before I even get to the question, thanks a ton for your time, man. You're you're just always the best, Stephen. Absolutely. No, no, no one does it better than Stephen Brooks. No one. No, um, uh, actually, some people that might do better than Stephen Brooks are, are the fine listeners of this podcast, and one of them is John Aerosmith. And I've been teasing to ask this question on the podcast for maybe the last five episodes, and I've failed to do so in the last five. So let me just do it right now. And I apologize. I'm going to read his question here, and I'm a slow reader. You, you know how it goes. Uh, just wondering your enough. thoughts. Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best, man. It's like I'm back in middle school science class. Uh, all right, so here we go. Just wondering about your thoughts regarding the quarterback situation. I think the coaching staff had assumed that Russo would be their one-year gap starter and then allow a true competition between Faye and Thorne next year, which they would have hoped Faye would win since he's Tucker's guy. With Thorne winning the job, does that now put Faye and Hauser's job at risk for years to come? If Faye slash Hauser had the higher ceiling, would they truly open up a competition going into 22-23? So that's his question. And I also just want to add my own on top of that. Like, like Faye, possibly like transfer portal, right? Like, I, I, I can't see this kid necessarily waiting three years just to play one year at East Lansing. I, I don't know. I, I, listen, I, I don't want to put myself in the kid's shoes or assume what, you know, what his actions would be here. But that's just the kind of way it goes now these days in college football, doesn't it? Yes, yes. So, um Okay, I don't even know where to start. There's a lot of layers to that. Um, there is, there is. The, I know. The QB big battle, on yeah, so yeah. They, they bring in Russo, yeah, expecting a higher ceiling just as a position. You know, if it comes down to he's our best guy, we sort of know what he is, and we think he's a higher ceiling than probably Rocky gave us last year. Um, if not, he can compete and sort of raise the level of that competition with whoever he's competing against, Arpen sharpen iron sharpens iron type of thing, blah, 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 you know, and and raise the floor sort of indirectly that way. And, and maybe that's what happened in the end. Um, my understanding is that, yeah, Thorne was just more more consistent and, and like you touched on and we both talked about last time, just more careful with the ball, you know. And even I heard even in the fall camp, there's just some 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 detail and nuance to the offense that Thorne that had down pat that Russo just didn't because he didn't have the reps, you know, and, and the seasoning that, that Thorne did. You just can't really replace that time 
in the system and and Thorne is going to learn it like the back of his hand. I mean, we know his history. Like mm-hmm. he's a he's a whiz kid when it comes to the X's and O's. So that doesn't surprise me there. But I, apparently that had uh, a, a role in it. Again, so I would say it's, it's between mostly those two things. It's the, the steadiness slash knowledge and then the ball security. Um, all those things wrapped into one. So I think that's what ended up making him the guy. Uh, in terms of what it does, I mean, I think we're getting way too far ahead of ourselves to make any of those. Uh, assumptions. I, I get it. I do get it. I completely, trust me, I understand the nature of the modern quarterback game and movement and, and, and where, and where, where folks go, how it all works. Like I do cover recruiting. I get this. Um, but that's, look, that's assuming, you know, to assume anybody leaves, you're assuming that Thorne has this dominant year. You know, what if he just has an okay year, you know, or what, you know, what if he has a massive year and he's off to the pros or something, you know, there's so much that could still happen. What if you're thinking about benching Thorne five or six games in? It's just not happening anymore. You know, there's there's so many more variables. Um, and look, I don't think you could, you should really worry about what it really does in the in the the pecking order. When I mean, they're gonna play the best guy. Like I talked about with Jaden Reed. Like that's Mel Tucker has given us no reason to think that he's not just gonna play the best guy, and there won't be politics or feelings involved in it. I mean, look. He did, they just sort of broomed Rocky Lombardi out of the program. He just won him his first Michigan game, you know? Yeah. Like, right, there, there's right. there's no – I can understand that, like, people still have in, – in, and I am too for, to a degree. Like, your brain's sort of wired in the D'Antonio mold because he was here for so long and we got used to just how certain things went down under him. And, yeah, like, if a, if a redshirt sophomore took the job in the old days, it was probably his job for the next three years, unquestioned. Yep. I just – there's nothing from Mel Tucker yet that suggests that he's just going to – carte blanche give Thorne the keys now um, until he's done. I mean, Hauser can come in here next year and if he shows out in camp, I don't, I, I, I don't, I guess, like I said, I have full faith that they're going to play who they believe is the best guy. So at that point, you know, you, you just got to trust that they're going to continue to do that. Cause that's all they've shown to this point. And then do they pick the right guy? Do that, you know, does it work out with multiple years of picking the right guy? And, you know, sometimes that's just circumstance, but, you definitely hope that they continue to pick the right guy when it matters and then everything else will fall into place behind it. Yeah. I'm totally one of those people that's guilty of falling into the status quo mindset of like, okay, the kid starts, he's just going to have this job forever. Like, like I'm, I'm shocked that Noah Harvey essentially already lost his starting job uh, very early on to redshirt freshman Cal Halliday. But then again, like you said, just take a second to think about it. Like, Oh, yeah, Halliday's pretty effing good. Like it, it would make sense that he would just slide over, but I'll give it like another year or two before I fully submerge myself into the relentless mindset of, hey, if you ain't good enough, get out of here. Don't care what you did last year. So that's that's, that's how things are around these parts these days, Stephen, isn't it? It is. It is. And I mean, that's how it is at all the best programs. You know, it's yeah. it's definitely a different thing. You know, I've I've compared it before to like the D'Antonio program was was sort of the the mom and pop corner store, and sure. Tucker is running this like a Fortune 500. You know, like. It's not to say that it's more or less successful or anything. That's not the comparison I'm making. Just in terms of sort of the the, uh, the attitude around attitude. It, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, the mindset of it all. So, yeah. I, I, you know, again, I think even to to project all these dominoes, you're first of all projecting a big year from Thorn, and I think he's been very, very solid. He's probably been the definition of solid, you know, thus far. But that's that's still getting a little ahead of ourselves to to assume he would have anything any type of year that would guarantee him the spot next year unquestioned, you know? 
Well, I, Connor Cook had a blowout game against uh, Youngstown State back in the day, and that launched his career. I'm sure like the parallels are completely going to be the same. Like that's just how life goes, right? I mean, that's that's how I that's how I choose to believe how life goes. Very poetic would, person, Stephen. Yeah, it would kind of be similar in the sense that like I don't think either guy was ever really in the plans and then just forced yeah. himself into the plans. Connor Cook, for sure, um, you know, just especially at that time, at least in his career, was was not you know expected to take. The, the wheel there and and I think when this staff came in honestly you know I think they probably didn't picture Thorne as a multi-year starter for them um initially and we'll see if that happens we'll see if it doesn't but uh like I said the, the all indications are that uh he's gonna have to fight and continue to play well to keep that job and and you know like you said Hauser's gonna be their second guy coming in and they love him a lot so it'll be interesting but uh it'll make for great you know Monday through Friday fodder but as yeah. always at the end of the day People only care. People truly just want the win. You know, they love talking about this right. or that or different scenarios. But truly, you guys really care about feeling good at love by like what three forty-five on Saturday or eight o'clock if it's a later game or whatever. You know, that's really what it comes down to. It reminds me of people, you know, saying that that he's recruiting too national and not getting enough Michigan kids. And I'm like, how many times after a Michigan State win have yeah, you ever course. sat around with your buddies and said, "Hey, cheers, guys! That sixteen Michigan kids." <laughs> Just got that done. You know, like you've never you sat, sat there as the final score pops up and counted down the roster of what state each kid's from. Yeah. They're just scared that they won and that they look good doing it. You know, so some of these things can be overblown, believe it or not. That's crazy, huh? That's <laughs> I, I, I might be guilty of contributing to that, so apologies. But what what can you expect from me? I'm sorry. Hey, really quick, humor me with this. Uh, percent chance Mel Tucker takes the USC job next year. Oh, zero or one percent? What what is it? I would say one. Yeah, okay. one. Gotcha. I mean, I think he's seen uh, the Pac-12 up close, and uh, I just I think he's yeah. I, I don't know if he's itching to go back. I guess I would say. Um, yeah, I guess they could probably throw a lot of money at him, but I don't know if he's really itching to do another rebuild too. I, I just I, no. I wouldn't think so. Um, would not think so. I, you know, if. Uh, if it's Alabama in three or four years, or Michigan State's won ten games a couple of times, that we it's a different discussion. But That'd be understandable. I don't, yeah, I don't right. think this. I don't. I would say one percent, just because I can't rule anything out in the coaching game. There's been weirder things, but oh, yeah. I'll say one percent on that. All right, I'll sleep peacefully tonight. Then, all right, that's good. Now, I, I think Lane Kiffin's got a better chance of retaking that job uh, a few years later than uh, than Mel Tucker does. So that, which is what I'm rooting for. I mean, high key. That's what I'm rooting for. I, I need Lane back in south california baby need it. need it i need it i need it if he's if he like accepts it like within an hour after the next Ole Miss game like he's yes. been like yes. like he leaves his press conference he's like and i'd like also like to announce like just some bizarre like midweek almost yeah. mid-game even like that would yeah. be amazing that's I, everyone expects usc to go like interim coach the rest of the year but no oh hey lane kiffin's actually coaching week five for the trojans <laughs> How about that? <laughs> he just shows up out of the halftime locker room against like washington state in october He's like wait yeah. a second wait oh lane kiffin is back oh my yeah. god he, he's playing arkansas he walks out of the locker room at halftime with a roller bag already packed up just ready to go like hey good luck second half guys he, matt corral's got it from here go get him i need go it yes him. that's exactly what i want to happen no doubt. Well, hey, Stephen, you're the man. Thanks a ton. Um, just always bringing the insight, always bringing the heat, whether it be on this podcast or 24-7 sports, the Twitter, or wherever you are. The, the Any room you're painting in your house, I'm sure you're being relentless in there, too. So thanks a lot, man. You're, you're, you're just the best. The, the people love themselves from Stephen Brooks. 
They do. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. No, I was happy to be on. And, and painting is, uh, like Mel Tucker would say, it's it's all about the aggregation of marginal gains there. So I feel him on that one. Look at that. See, you didn't have to paint your house. You were just inspired by Mel to go do it. I love that, man. That's, that big <laughs> time. That's big time. All right. Until next time, Steven. Talk to you next all week, right. maybe, if you're still uh, down for this. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. If, if I survive Miami, I'm more than happy to. Always love talking to Steven. I, I know you guys always love listening to him as well. Great football mind. He, he breaks the game down very well. Knows the Spartans inside and out. And, yeah, just love the uh, post-game chats we, we always have with my guy Steven. Um, the rest of the week, we will have uh, Christopher Stock of InsideTheU.com to help break down the Hurricanes for us. We had a great conversation earlier today on this Monday, but we will be holding that episode later in the week. And also, uh, Austin Smith of The Only Podcast joins us as well to play a nice, simple game of fill in the blank. That easy. Just fill in the blank. I'm going to give you a sentence in. How's Austin feeling about it? How am I feeling about it? How are you feeling about it? You can play from home as well. But until then, betting on the Spartans doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, raw team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. All right, guys. Love you all. Go green.